With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Are you ready to change your life in the next 30 minutes? It's time for Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. Get your notebooks ready. He's about to go in. Five, four, three, two, one. Coach Mark, let's go. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. This is Coach Mark, and you're listening to Power in a Half Hour. In the next 30 minutes, we're going to learn the tips, tricks, and techniques of who, the rich, and the super-duper successful. And why are we learning these things? We are learning them so we can know the tools that they use, apply them to our lives, and we can become the rich and the super-duper successful. All right? So the quote that we're going to start today's show with is, It's only when we truly know and understand that we have a limited time on earth and that we have no way of knowing when our time is up that we will begin to live each day to the fullest as if it was the only one that we had. And that's Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. The title of today's show is Stop Talking and Start Doing. We need to do way less talking and more doing. We need to start taking action, all right? I want to thank all of you for listening. I want to remind you, if you ever want to go back and re-listen to not only this show, but any of the previous over 125 shows that we have, you can go to the website, www.powerhh.com. That's www.powerhh.com. If we're not friends on Facebook, my name on Facebook is Mark Starr. That's M-A-R-K-S. T-A-R-R. On Instagram, it's at Coach Mark Speaks. Make sure you find me online because I post motivational, inspirational videos every single day, all right? And they will help you. I have a daily message service. And if you want to get those messages every single morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, all you have to do is text the letters BBD to 411247. As of right now, it's only for my United States of America listeners, all my foreign listeners, I got something for you coming soon, all right? So just really be patient with me. All right, so let's go ahead and get started. We have an absolutely amazing show today. Profile number one, Robert Herjavec. He's one of the sharks from Shark Tank. Now, Robert was born in Croatia in 1962. During that time, Croatia was a communist country, and Robert's dad was anti-communist. His dad had been thrown into jail 22 times for saying bad things about communism. In 1970, when Robert was eight, his dad escaped from jail, grabbed Robert and his mother, and fled the country. They planned to emigrate to the United States, but their papers weren't accepted. Fortunately for them, Canada allowed them to come in the country because they had family there. When his family arrived in Canada, they came with one suitcase and twenty dollars that's it one suitcase and twenty dollars for entire family once his family got to canada they found a friend of his mom's and they lived in the basement of their house in toronto for 18 months before they were able to save up enough money to move into a three-room apartment when they first came to toronto robert nor his parents spoke any english this was a really tough time for robert and his family His parents depended on him a lot as he would have to read the lease to them when they got their first apartment. Robert's father was able to find a job working in a factory where he would make $76 a week, the equivalent of $465 in today's money. Because finances were so tight, his father would walk to work to save money instead of taking the bus. Now, the kids in the neighborhood would constantly tease Robert, and when Robert complained to his parents, his father instructed him to never complain. This became a guiding principle in Robert's life. Robert learned another valuable lesson in life when his mother was persuaded by a traveling salesman to buy a vacuum cleaner for $500. This was the equivalent of seven weeks of salary. 
Now, after this, Robert swore his family would never be taken advantage of again. All of these lessons, as well as the fact that he was the poorest kid in his class and looked different than everyone else, forced Robert to mature really fast and gave him an intense desire to succeed. Now, the chip on his shoulder never, ever went away. In 1984, Robert graduated from the University of Toronto. To make a living and support his family, Robert took a variety of minimum wage jobs such as waiting tables, delivering newspapers, retail sales, and as a collection agent. Robert would also get to work for a TV station working in various production roles. One day, his best friend complained that he didn't get this job with a tech company that was going to pay $30,000 a year, so Robert decided to interview for the job as $30,000 a year was a lot of money in the early 1980s. The job was selling IBM mainframe emulsion boards. Now, Robert didn't know anything about business or computers, but he persuaded the owner to hire him by offering to work for free for six months. This man wanted a job so bad that he offered the owner to work for free for six months. Now, to pay his bills during this free period, Robert worked again waiting tables. He eventually rose in ranks to became general manager of LogiQuest. In 1990, after being fired from LogiQuest, he founded his first company, BRAK Systems, a Canadian integrator of internet security software from the basement of his home. At the time, his competitors were large companies like Sun and IBM. He would have to convince engineers from big companies to come and work with him. Robert understood that people didn't want to just work somewhere. They wanted to be a part of something. They didn't want to be managed. They wanted to be led. Robert made work fun, and they came. As the business grew, Robert would have to get a second mortgage on his home and use credit cards to expand. Robert recounted on how people would always say that you should pay yourself first, but he felt that the business was a living entity, so he paid the employees first, and his business became profitable. In 2000, his company became a hot commodity, and AT&T Canada made him an incredible offer of $30.2 million for his company, so he sold it to them. Now, after he sold the business, his wife at the time wanted to go back to work, so he decided to become a stay-at-home dad for three years. Although he enjoyed the experience, he missed running his company, so in 2003, he put up $20,000 and started the Harjavik Group with a couple of guys he had previously worked with. For four years, they tried different things, but it wasn't until 2007 when they decided to get into IT security that the company started to take off. The company started to expand outside Canada to the U.S., the U.K., and Australia. Today, 35% of their business is outside of Canada. Now, the Harjavik Group has grown from three employees in 2003 to over 300 employees in 2016. In 2003, they started with sales of $400,000, and in 2015, they grew to over $130 million a year in sales. Now, Robert is not only a successful businessman, he has also become a successful TV personality as he has appeared on Dragon's Den seasons one through six and in America on ABC's version of the series Shark Tank. Robert currently has a net worth of over $200 million. This is the kid that came to America from Croatia with his family with one suitcase and $20 at eight years old, couldn't even speak the language. Now he is worth over $200 million. Let's now take a look at some of his rules to success. Number one, be great at one thing. Not a whole bunch of things. Be great at one thing. You have to be passionate about one thing. Be great at one thing. The world will reward your knowledge of a very narrow field. The analogy that Robert uses to describe this is that Tom Brady gets paid over $20 million a year to throw the football. He doesn't get paid to block. He doesn't get paid to tackle. When he does those other things, people freak out. Robert says, be Tom Brady. Don't just be good at one thing. Don't just be great at one thing. Be world class at that one thing. Now, I come across a lot of people that always tell me that they have so many different ideas and they like to do a whole bunch of different things. And there's nothing wrong with that. But let me tell you something. 
If you really want to be super successful at something, you have to pick one thing, at least in the beginning, to become world class at. Because let me tell you something, the world isn't going to pay you a whole bunch of money if you're just average at a bunch of different things. Then you're just a jack of all trades and a master of none. That's why it's so important that if you want to achieve super success, you have to focus in on one thing and not only be good at it, not only be great at it, but become world class. You got to be among the top 1% in the world in your field. And if you focus in on one thing, you can do that. You can do that because most people won't put the time and effort to become world class at anything. Most people are just average at whatever it is that they're doing. Most people are a jack of all trades and master none. If you look at really successful people, they go in and they master something. They go in and master something. Look at people like Warren Buffett. He has mastered his field. Now, he may not be good at a bunch of other things, but he has mastered his field and the world rewards him for that. Same with Bill Gates. Same with anybody else that has achieved massive success in any one particular field. Number two, never complain. Now, Robert said that he once read an article that said the difference between successful people and the people that struggle is that successful people exude joy. If you're not a happy person, why would other people want to hang out with you? If you are miserable and no one wants to spend time with you, how are you going to get ahead? Robert remembers the story of when he was a little kid complaining about the other kids teasing him when his dad, who just finished walking miles to get home from work, told him to never complain. His dad said, always be grateful for whatever opportunities that you have in life. That lesson always stuck with Robert. Number three, just keep going. Robert says that every time you lose at something, you are one step closer to winning the next time. The difference between successful people and the people that aren't successful is that unsuccessful people give up. Unsuccessful people wake up every morning with doubts and fears and they just give up. Robert says that the hardest thing to learn in life is to lose. See, winning is easy. When you win, you're happy and everything is great and everybody wants to be your friend. But it's your ability to take a loss and get up the next day and dust yourself off and keep going, that will determine your success. Robert said that he has lost everything imaginable. He has been thrown to the ground too many times to count, but it is his ability to get back up and keep going is what has helped him to succeed. You gotta be able to get back up. That is the sheer difference between successful people and unsuccessful people. Unsuccessful people stay on the ground. Successful people Trust me, they don't want to get thrown to the ground. Nobody wants to get thrown to the ground. But they realize if they keep getting back up, they will eventually succeed. And that's what they do. Number four, create value for your customers. Robert used to work for Warren Avis, the man who started Avis Rent-A-Car. One day, Mr. Avis asked him, what was the purpose of business? Robert responded back to make a profit. Mr. Avis quickly responded back, no. The purpose of business was to create a customer because everything else takes care of itself. If you can create customers and create value for them, then you will have a great business and they'll have no problem spending money with you. Focus on providing value to your customers. Number five, become the person others want to know. When Robert was growing up, everyone said to him, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Robert figured that if the key to success in life is who you know, he was in trouble as he didn't know anyone. So he said to himself that he doesn't believe that and he has to become the guy that everybody wants to know, everybody wants to do business with. Number six, listen to yourself. Robert says that you have to learn to listen to yourself. Robert says, when attempting to do something, we oftentimes will think that we don't have the ability to do something, but we can figure it out if we listen to ourselves. When we don't, it's because we're allowing fear to stop us. To be successful at anything, we have to be able to control the fear and not listen to it. Number seven, leave your emotions out of it. When you're in business and you become angry or you hate, you make stupid decisions. That doesn't mean you have to become a jerk because no one wants to do business with anyone that isn't nice. Number eight, be able to adapt. 
Robert says that although he may not be the smartest person in the room, he will figure out a way to survive. It's your ability to survive in any situation that separates the people that do well from those that don't. Number nine, find what makes you tick. Greatness comes from when you marry your passion with your job. When Robert talks with young entrepreneurs, the advice that he gives them is to find something that you will be great at and let the money follow you. Number 10, you are in control of everything. Robert says that we weren't put on this earth to be miserable and complain about everything. He says that he is in control of everything that will happen in his life. That doesn't mean that his life will always be happy, and that doesn't mean that everything will always be good, but he has the ultimate choice to choose how he will react to the things that happen to him and move forward from it. Profile number two. This is a follow-up profile of Evan Spiegel. Now, a little over a year ago, we profiled Evan. Evan at the time was about 23 or 24 years old and the co-founder of Snapchat. Now, just to recap, Evan and his partners, Bobby and Reggie, started up Snapchat when Evan was 21. Now, while they were attending Stanford in 2011, in 2012, Evan left Stanford to focus on Snapchat shortly before completing his degree, three classes shy of graduation. This guy only needed three more classes, but he decided that he was going to seize the opportunity. He didn't even want to wait to finish those three classes. Now, in 2013, Two years after starting the company, Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook, offered Evan $3 billion for Snapchat. Now, Evan shocked the world when at the age of 23, he turned the money down. Now, many people thought he may have been crazy for turning down such a large offer, but Evan knew what he was doing. On March 1st of 2017, Snapchat went public, raising over $3 billion in its initial public offering, its IPO, and the company currently is worth over $25 billion. Evan himself is currently worth over $6.2 billion. This is a company that this kid at the time when he started it, 21 years old, going to college, he started the company five years ago, and it's currently worth $25 billion. Now, if you've ever sat down to complete an, an important task and then suddenly found yourself sweeping the kitchen or doing the dishes, or perhaps you just remembered about a phone call that you should have made earlier in the day, you were procrastinating. Now, for many of us, procrastination is a strong force that keeps us from completing the most urgent and important task in our lives. Procrastination is a potentially dangerous force causing victims to fail out of school, perform poorly at work, put off medical treatment, delay saving for retirement, or postpone starting the business that we've talked about for years. Now, although everyone procrastinates at times, many people chronically avoid difficult tasks and deliberately look for distractions. Many procrastinators don't even realize that they are procrastinating. They just tell themselves that they like waiting to the last minute because they perform better under pressure. Let's take a look at some of the signs that may indicate that you are a procrastinator. Number one, you must clean before you work. For example, you haven't organized your house in over a year, but because the report is due by tomorrow morning, you must have a clean space to work in. Number two, you replace deadline work with non-critical other work you must accomplish now. For example, the big project that you were so excited about that you have to turn in tomorrow, you put on the back burner to do some other work that's not due until the end of the month. Number three, just one more episode syndrome. Now, maybe you told yourself that since you're going to be working hard all night, you'll watch one episode of your favorite show before you start your work. But three hours and three episodes later, you keep telling yourself you're only going to watch one more episode. Number four, physical fitness suddenly becomes a priority. Now, even though your house is messy and you know it's about that time to clean it, you get a sudden urge to work out for the first time in six months to help get your blood pumping and build momentum. Number five, naps are necessary. 
Although power naps can give you a quick boost of energy to complete a task while you may be feeling tired for procrastinators, power naps generally last about two to five hours. Number six, you become a person who cannot waste a beautiful day. You tell yourself that it's gorgeous outside and you don't want to waste such a beautiful day working inside. Furthermore, you tell yourself that you work better at night anyway. And number seven, getting up super early tomorrow to do work starts to sound like a really good idea. Now, because you procrastinated most of the day away and allowed it to get so late, now you're tired and you convince yourself that although you normally work better at night, if you get a good night's sleep and wake up early, you will work better feeling refreshed. Now that we've determined whether or not that we are procrastinators, let's now look at some of the dangerous effects of procrastinating. Number one, you will lose precious time. Now ask yourself, how much time have I wasted procrastinating? You may not be able to tell exactly how much time, but I'm sure you can imagine. The worst thing about procrastinating is the, most, is the moment you realize that you are 2, 5, or 10 years older and nothing has changed. Then you ask yourself, where did all the time go? Number two, you will blow opportunities. How many opportunities have you wasted because you didn't take advantage of them when they were there? That opportunity that you didn't take advantage of could have been life-changing, but you missed out on it. Most opportunities only come around once. You are never guaranteed a second chance. Number three, you won't be able to meet goals. Procrastination always seems to come on full force when we entertain the thoughts of goals or wanting to achieve or change something. We have to remember that we set goals because we have a deep desire to better our lives in some way. If you don't do this because of procrastination, you destroy the possibility to better your life. Number four, you could ruin your career. Now, the way you work directly affects your results, how much you achieve and how well you perform. Procrastination may prevent you from meeting deadlines or achieving your monthly targets. This may cause you to miss out on promotions or even worse, you may be at risk of losing your job. Number five, you will lower your self-esteem. Now, at times we may procrastinate because of low self-esteem, but procrastinating will not only reinforce this, it makes our self-esteem even lower. You will start to doubt and question what is wrong with you. Procrastination will slowly but surely eat away at your confidence. And number six, you will make poor decisions. When you procrastinate, you make decisions based on criteria that most likely wouldn't be there if you didn't procrastinate, like pressure to finally make a decision because time is running out. Poor decision making has huge negative effects on our happiness, results, and life. Number seven, you damage your reputation. When you keep saying you'll do something and you don't, your reputation inevitably gets tarnished. Besides damaging your own reputation, you are damaging your self-esteem and self-confidence. You will find that it gets easier to procrastinate each time because you're not surprising yourself anymore. People stop depending on you and hold back on offering you opportunities because they worry that you will procrastinate and they will be left to clean up the mess. Let's now look at a few tips that we can use to overcome procrastination. Number one, start the first 30 minutes of the day every day with work. Now, if you decide to start your day by checking email or Facebook or Twitter, even for just five minutes, the five minutes usually turns into two hours. If you start your day getting into a good work groove, you find it much easier to shut off distractions until you're done. Number two, find an accountability partner. Establish specific deadlines for when you're going to complete a task, then find someone who will help you to be accountable. Number three, optimize your environment. Your environment can help or hinder your productivity. Beware of technology such as email or text messages that keeps ringing to let you know that someone has messaged you. Social media such as checking Facebook real quick or internet research can lead you off the right path. Try this. During your scheduled block of time, when you're working on a particular task, close your email and turn off your phone or turn all ringers completely off. Number four, use your calendar. Schedule when you're going to work on a project. Block out that time just like you would an important meeting. 
Number five, chunk your tasks down. If a task becomes too overbearing, procrastination will usually follow. Break the project down into smaller, more manageable parts. Chunking it down will help you feel less overwhelmed and more empowered. Number six, get rid of excuses. Now, do any of these sound familiar? I need to be in the mood. I will wait until I have time. I work better under pressure. I need X to happen before I can start. If any of those sound familiar, stop it. Be honest with yourself. These are excuses. Sure, it might be nice to be in the mood, but waiting for that to happen can result in never starting your project. And number seven, reward good behavior. Establish a reward if and only if you do what you set out to do. Do not let yourself watch that show on TV, check your social media, or get lunch until you complete what you schedule. So instead of using that task to procrastinate, make them contingent on you actually finishing what you schedule to do. Okay, okay. Well, that's all that we have for today's show. want to remind you, if you ever want to go back and re-listen to any of the old shows, all you have to do is go to www.powerhh.com. I'm also on the iTunes store, so make sure you search for me in there, Power and a Half Hour. Share this with three friends. I know you have three friends that could have benefited from what it is that we talked about today. You got three friends that do nothing but talking and no action, no doing at all. So make sure you share this with them so hopefully they'll be able to learn some stuff and take it into high gear and add some action as well. And the quote that we're going to end today's show with is, Amateurs sit and wait for inspiration. The rest of us just get up and go to work. And that is Stephen King. Thank you much. And until next show. Thanks for listening to Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. To listen or re-listen, go to powerinahalfhour.com. Follow Coach Mark on Instagram and Twitter at Coach Mark Speaks. Find Coach Mark on Facebook by searching for Mark Starr. Like our Facebook fan page, Power in a Half Hour. And join our Power in a Half Hour Facebook group. See you next week.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.